0: Everybody. welcome back again to the 14th episode of the Lab. Sitting with me here is Alex Trotter and Brandon Weirick. Um, we hope you guys enjoyed our conversation last week, uh, talking about the, um, you know, the gas and sed principles, as well as getting into a little bit about you know that exhaustion phase, and then a little bit more of the overreaching, but then also the overtraining uh, aspects to that as well. And uh, today, what we're going to talk about though a little bit is we're going to talk about plyometrics as well as post-activation potentiation exercises. Um, So just to kind of, I guess, elaborate a little bit more on what plyometrics are, Brandon here is going to give his definition of what a plyometric exercise is or what it it actually is happening in the muscle. And then we'll kind of go into, because the post-activation potentiation is more of like a a more recent term and a more recent, I guess you'd say, training style. Um, So we'll, we'll kind of elaborate on what we think it is and how we've been using it. Um, and then we'll kind of break it down a little bit about maybe what to use it for, maybe what not to use it for, and maybe our thoughts on what we like and dislike on it. Um, so why don't you you give us a little bit of a definition here, Brandon, on a plyometric. So a
1: plyometric is
0: a type of training exercise
1: that uses speed, force, at different uh, movements to build muscle power. and It really just uses the, the stretch shortening cycle, which is basically you stretch a muscle, it's not gonna like it, so it's gonna rapidly shorten the muscle. Then you have the the explosion. Uh, we use it a lot. Um, there's different another way to look into it. Look into that is there's the eccentric phase. Then you have the alamization phase, which is kind of the transfer from the eccentric to the, the concentric. Um, muscles are like rubber bands, so the faster you you can stretch a muscle. The quicker is going to snap back, so that's kind of how our muscles work. So, a lot of people will make the mistake of, like, if they're doing a box jump, they'll kind of go down slow, then they might kind of have that freeze moment in between going back up, and that's, you're not kind of getting the body's natural stretch reflex. Yeah, of, of that. So, we want we work on, like, just really just already having a, a, a big stretch, big deep breath, kind of on the balls of the feet, really, then just how fast can you snap down in your position explode up. So, that's kind of how we focus on just, like, a basic box jump. Like that, but uh, I do do plyometrics, some form of plyometrics like every speed warm up, Mm -hmm. um, whether it just be like a bra jump or like skips for height or bounds or transverse jumps, um, single leg jumps. I mean, it's basically running is just like a reactive, just very fast plyometric. We use them for large muscle groups, we use them for like ankle stiffening and pogo hops. Um, I think the most neglected plyometric is upper body. I mean, you definitely need to have an explosive upper body, especially if you play football I and mean, mm-hmm. do it in sport all across. So we'll do, like, pl- uh, plyo push-ups, start on the bench, drop in, hit the ground, explode back up, uh, banded plyo push-ups, kind of like an overload, like, just what you do for, like, a, a band-assisted jump. We did the same thing for upper body. Um, and then just, uh, like, tie a band around your knee and then have, like, a sled and just, like, reactive. Yeah. Push-ups, push yeah. Like, you try to do, like, maybe
2: 10, 15 reps is
1: As explosive as as you can. Yeah. That's kind of what
2: it is and how we utilize it. I I will say, when I first saw you implement that, I think it was track athletes maybe, I was mind blown. I was like, oh, that's genius. (laughs) I've just never seen anything like it. That's a hell of a chest too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So then let's kind of dive into how you take a plyometric exercise and then you combine that with like that post activation potential so like what that means is you're essentially ramping up your nervous system in order to generate more and more recruitment right so then when you do that then you have what what they would call a state of an increased excitement within the body within that muscle group whatever you've just stimulated and then you go to do that at a lesser intensity so that you can just basically produce way more force or power um so for example uh Let's say we have someone who is, they've got a barbell on their back, they're pushing up into pins, they're maybe quarter squat, quarter squat depth, and they're driving up through the pins. There's no movement occurring, so it's like an isometric, and they're driving as hard as they can up into that. Let's say you hold it for like, let's say, what? Six seconds. Six seconds? Six to uh, ten seconds. Six to ten, six six ten, ten seconds. More, ten, ten, yeah. ten so you'd have them hold that there for six to ten, ten seconds. Level of athlete. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's true too. So you have them hold into that press <clears> as hard as they can. And then immediately go over to a box and explode as hard as they can, trying to float up onto that box. Yep. Um, so I've always thought of it as someone's revving the engine; they're getting that you know the RPMs up, they're wrapping it up, wrapping it up, and then hit launch control. Exa- exactly. <laughs> yeah. Traction control yep. on, go. Yep. Um, so I know, like you were just saying, how would you go about using that with like different sports, or like when is it important to use? Because I mean, sometimes you're not going to do that all the time. I um I like to use it maybe
1: preseason of a sport yeah just kind of get the fibers and everything kind of getting into it um it's like a it's basically almost like tricking the brain mm-hmm. in a sense like i think one way i explain it to you is to shorten it up it's like you pick up a, a gallon of milk and then close your eyes for 10 seconds and you think you're picking up another gallon of milk but someone dumps three-fourths of it out Yeah, and you're yeah. like your body's prepared to pick up a gallon of milk but then all of a sudden it's only like a quarter then you just rip it up Goes fine. so yeah in a sense it's tricking the body but um um, I'll end up going maybe through preseason all the way to the end of that season. Mm-hmm. I like to spend most of the, like, straight, like, he'd look into, like, a full, like, you only play, say, football. Like, right now, AJ is going through a, an eccentric phase. Mm-hmm. So, he'll go through his eccentric phase, and then he'll kind of start combining an eccentric phase with a, with a strength phase. Strength phase will start going into a power phase, and then he'll start heading into season, and then that's when y'all kind of start um, dialing that kind of stuff in. Yeah, it
0: makes sense. Yep. And one of the things I've actually liked using it for is uh, actually the Olympic lifts. So, like, my worst Olympic lift is probably the snatch. And so, like, and it's always that transition point from first pull to second pull. So, what I've actually started doing is I will set up my, my J-hooks in a certain, like, level of where I'm transitioning just above my knee. Yep. And I will pull for about 10 seconds with my hands out at the snatch grip. And I'll pull up into that. And my, I mean, it lights my back up. It gets everything to kind of start firing. And then when I actually start going into my percentages… I feel like I can actually, exactly, it's way more explosive. I don't feel like I'm losing my positioning as much, but I've, I've been monitoring. I mean, you got to monitor how many reps you do so that when you actually do go to your working set, you're not just like fatiguing out, um, but being able to produce power and just activating that system. Um,
1: it's, it's not really just for a plyometric either. Yeah. Use that example with the one you just did.
2: Yeah. I, I think it's a, it's a great tool to like, um, help you mentally as well um chuck vogelpool was like a big proponent of this like he wanted you to um to like learn how to strain so like you need to know if you're like uh having an out-of-body experience where you're at in that like deadlift for example and like what you need to start firing to correct it to get it to go so um you know we have one athlete right now that's she's just got like a little mental block going on so that i love this as an exercise for her um, pull it right into that sticking point that like she's that she's get into she you can watch her just like get into the correct position that she needs to be in and then like her confidence just you can watch it just rise so then immediately right after she goes goes straight to a deadlift rips off the ground and then her eyes shoot out of her head and she's like <laughs> what the hell but yeah, I've, I really like that. Um, I like, because uh, you, you can feel it, too, like, just like you were saying with your back, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, like, okay, when I go to do this, like, uh, in game time or real life, you know, then I need to feel that. So, like, if I'm not, if I don't feel that on that motion, I know that I screwed something up, mm-hmm. you know, so, so same thing. I'm a big proponent of having almost, like, a out-of-body experience to know, like what range you're in uh what part of that movement that you're getting stuck at you know set it to your sticking point and just run it for like three or four weeks try it i can almost guarantee a PR <laughs> well, it's, it's easy for us to figure out where your yeah. weaknesses are too because if you got a kid but
1: yeah. you're doing like i say the isometric um mm-hmm. deadlift like they're able to keep it strong upper back but then you kind of start seeing their pelvis rotate yeah okay well that's Weak hips, weak low back, yep. you can't press your core part, but if their hips stay in a good position, to knock not kind of start seeing the upper back roll. Yep. Okay, we can yep. adjust that too, and start Excellent. doing the upper back, stuff like that. So it's a really good tool for coaches to figure out where your weaknesses are and where you need to develop too.
0: Yeah. Exercise and assessment at the same time. Um, yeah. See, that's why I would really love to have like a force plate, because I I just use my weight scale at home mm-hmm. and I'll put that underneath. And if I don't see that error on like my weight scale, I know I'm not pushing hard enough. And it goes up to like three hundred and fifty pounds. I know I need to get weight scale, because I'm about to break it. Yeah, um, But I'll put that underneath my feet, so I mean, if you have force plates, you could actually get them even, like, a, like that's the importance of, like, a visual yeah. mm-hmm. of, like, you can even use it to
2: track speed, too, if yeah. you had a I, Nintendo unit. I think I just saw on Instagram that, like, Eddie Hall did something like that, and yeah. he ended up, like, quote-unquote, deadlifting, like, with the amount of force that he pulled was, like, 1,700 pounds. It's like, good God! Yeah.
0: Holy smokes.
2: But it's, it's just, like, you know, you you should be able to... Per- produce more force than what
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, you know at your strong point I guess than what you can actually do. You know, because you always have a weak point. You're you're only as strong as that weak that weak point. Yeah. So weak you gotta correct point. that and and it's constantly changing. I used yeah. to suck off the floor when I would go the same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's
1: just the same <laughs> thing.
2: But well, makes sense. Yeah. So we're playing with that one now. Um I, I just I use it and I I love it for more of a get through your mental block because you know like if you can pull that thing for six seconds with everything you got you can pull a deadlift for six seconds. That sounds like hell. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I know, but it, no deadlift is taking six seconds. No, unless you're hitching it and ramping it and making it real ugly, shaking like a yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even gonna say what that was.
0: Um. No, guys, but we'll we'll probably try to put up a video of uh, an example of one of those types of exercises, like we're talking about, like maybe look we'll with the the squat pin, and then using the box jumps. I'll, I'll Brandon do that.
1: Yeah, so it's definitely something recently that's been kind of taken over for more of a power development mm-hmm. style, but it's, it can definitely be used for strength. Yeah,
0: we'll put up an example of a lower body one as well as an upper body one. Maybe we'll have Trotter do one with like a pin press benching and then doing like maybe a plyo push up. Yeah, um, just for an example. Um, but we hope you guys enjoyed this conversation. If you guys want us to elaborate this on um, on either one of those topics, let us know, and we'll go into it a little bit more detail. But be on the lookout for the video for both the upper and lower body examples. But um, next week, what we'll be doing, uh, we'll be bringing in another interview. We're going to be bringing on his name is David, or Dr. David Farwick. Um, he's a physical therapist down with Mobility Fit down in uh, I believe he's down in Centerville and down in the Cincinnati area. Um, he's also a sports physical therapist, so he's going to come on, he's going to talk a little bit, um, just about social media and just kind of some of the, the pitfalls that some influencers find themselves on in terms of, you know, putting absolutes in the minds of young athletes. So like, you know, when you see like maybe, well, I won't name a specific influencer right now. Um, but when you see like, oh, you should never be doing planks, uh, or you should never be doing squats to, to below 90 degrees, things like that. Um, we'll, we'll, kind of talk on that a little bit when we interview Dave. Um, but we hope you guys enjoyed this episode and we will see you guys next time.